Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. All right, well, we're so glad you're here today because uh, if you weren't here today, you were about to miss on something. And yeah, 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 you can always watch online and you can always catch up after, but there's something about being in presence of great women in God in the flesh, like in the real. And we're privileged today to have pastors Len and Lori Rutten with us. They are absolute rock stars in the kingdom of God. And I know some people, some people these days are like, yeah, there's too many churches with rock star pastors, but it's not rock stars in the God of little G of rock and roll. It's rock star pastors who are planted in the rock who is Christ. That's why they're rock stars. Okay. And I think Jesus calls some of the men and women who serve him rock stars. Just so you know, I I, I really believe that that is how fastened people can be. And pastors Len and Lori have worked in Africa and different nations there. They presently are pastoring a church in uh, Edmonton called Enjoy Life. And if you ever get the chance to attend that church, not because you leave here, but because you're visiting Edmonton, so be clear on that, uh, you will realize you can enjoy life with them. And it's a wonderful, uh, similar spirited church to ours where we've become great friends over the last few years. And uh, without any further adieu from me, Pastor Len, Pastor, would you come and share what it is that God's put on your heart first today? Thank you. Do you want to say anything, my sweet, beautiful wife of 41 years? She must say at least hello. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here today. Good to see you. And yeah, I just want to say if you're new here and you're looking for a church, this is a great church. This is a church that is a community. It's not just a Sunday event. It's not just a Sunday experience. But we've experienced the community and the love and the care that is in this church all this whole weekend and previous times that we've been up here with this church. And so one of their values definitely is family and community and, and people coming in and being loved and cared for. So don't look any further. You're here. You found the right church for Grand Prairie. And we know there are many good churches in this city. But if this is where God plants you, if this is where he has you, then get involved and be part of what God is doing here. So it's always a thrill to be here. Thank you to Pastors Amy and Travis for their wonderful hospitality and their love and care for us while we've been here. And yeah, bless you all. We love being here in Grand Prairie. It feels like coming home. Amen. I wasn't planning to say this, but I need to say, you know, he gave us this great introduction. And, but, you know, Travis and Amy, the words that just come to mind when I... Think of how you've blessed and just served and worked, but of whom the world was not worthy. I'm telling you, God's people who sow their lives into the kingdom, and, and I know they would be the last ones to push this, but I'm just saying, I just, I just want to bless you this morning and, and just say thank you. And may you just, by God's spirit this morning, just let that seep into your soul. Amazing people of God, of whom the world is not worthy. And sometimes the devil will tell us, yeah, all kinds of stuff. I don't even need to remind you what the devil will tell us, all of us. And if you're trying to do something great in life and marriage or kingdom or church, there's an enemy out there. And, and I just pray this morning the Spirit of God would just bless you with that. You are amazing people. 
and be faithful. And, and that's a word for everyone, of course. But I just am glad to be here. I am, um, when I was worshiping, and I got to go with this, just what was in my spirit is just, I, I believe it's God, He's speaking. And the, the word I had, the sense I had this morning just in worship was just, I'm trying to be really careful how I word it, but there's someone here who God is seeking after. And he's calling out to you, and as we're singing these songs of salvation again, and just, I, it just, I had to clear up my allergies before I came, came and stood here, but I really felt like God was after someone today. And he loves you, and he's, and it's like as if this is your chance, if I can put it that way. If, this is your opportunity, and he's speaking to you, and he's, reaching out to you and I, I just want to ask you to respond to him. I want to ask you to open your heart, open your, your life and um, the way I can put it sometimes is there, there's got to be more than this. You just have the sense there's got to be more than this and I'm telling you there is and he's calling to you this morning. He's reaching out to you and I'm just, I encourage you to respond. I encourage you to open your heart and and respond and we'll take time to pray and if I never make that invitation later and you know it's you I, I, I just cannot get away from it there may be more than one but I'm telling you like the Spirit of God is seeking you out this morning and he has amazing plans for your life grace and salvation and goodness and just open your heart is that okay and so I'm tempted to, to ask you to come right now, but I'm going to wait and I'm going to let the Spirit of God speak to you, I pray. But respond this morning. Is that okay? That's what church is about, that we can open up our hearts and, and give Him our lives and, and serve Him with our whole hearts and love Him. And so and if any moment I just make it open, you want to rush the stage. <laughs> I will stop everything that I have to say and I will pray with you and we will have a celebration this morning. Is that okay? And I'm serious. It's, I really believe God is putting pressure on someone today in, in a good sense in that you're, he's speaking to you. So if that's you, you respond and you let him speak to you and you, you trust him. You don't know what it all means even, but you trust Him. Amen? Amen. So this morning, there's so many things I want to say, and I will get to them by God's grace, but the, <laughs> the, um, the theme, the message I have in my heart is, I, I believe there's three conversions in every Christian's life that's needed. There, there's a need for three conversions. One is to Christ. The second is to his church, and the third is to his, his plans, what God intends for us. His, I, I lost my third C, but it'll come back. His cause, thank you. See, a good wife is a good help me. He, he's called us, and he's, he's, he's seeking us to save us. 
He's seeking us to put us into his family, and he's seeking us to give us a purpose and a, and a cause to live for. And I want to speak on those three just briefly this morning, but I specifically want to get to the cause of Christ, to, to the plan that he has for our life. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Ephesians, I'm in a NIV version, and I've jumped all over in these verses many times, and I don't remember where I've done it, so if I've done it here, I don't even care, because you don't remember what I preached last time anyhow, so it's okay. But in Ephesians, if we talk about conversion to Christ, and that's, that's the message that I was speaking about earlier, just, I just believe in my spirit today, and I have to go with it, that God is speaking to someone about your salvation, about your life, and that there is more. In Ephesians, Paul writing, he says it like this. If you're with me, you don't have to read it. I, I can read it and you can just follow along. But it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through the blood. I mean, Paul, he doesn't mince his words. In these first couple of verses, he just nails it. He said, I'm jumping to verse 13, and you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you just heard the truth, the gospel, you were included in Christ. He, he's called us. He's planned for us. He's predestined us. He's adopted us. He's, he's got us in his hand for a purpose. Before the foundation of the world, he's been working. And if I go over to verse 7 of chapter 2, it says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So the first conversion is to Christ. Yeah. And that's, I don't want to rush past this because I, as I said, I've been speaking already on it for about 10 minutes. So it's, I cannot get past the amazing, glorious goodness of God to save us, yeah. to, yeah. to look for us, to come after us, to, and you know, this verse that I just read, the last one in chapter 2, to show forth his glorious grace throughout eternity, we are like trophies that he's going to put up there and say, look what I did, look at the goodness of God, and we're going to be over there, you know, we're, we're, I don't know how it's going to look, but it, I can only imagine we're going to be sitting there like, well, I, w I wasn't that great. <laughs> But look what God did. Look what Jesus has done in my life. Look what he's created. I, I'm saved. I'm a saint. <laughs> I'm in heaven. Hallelujah. Some of us, we, I don't know, we will be shocked when we wake up in heaven. We're in heaven. I made it. I am a trophy of God's goodness. And, he, you know, I don't want to spend my time on this, but he, he talks about predestination. <laughs> I used to like Michael Eaton. He said, just get over it. It's in the Bible. Don't worry about it. We don't have to argue about it. We don't have to fight over it. It's there. God has a plan and a purpose. But it's His, it's his side of things, not ours. Amen? 
It gets mischievous, as we've said many times, when we start thinking about who should be saved and who shouldn't. That's not our job. It's, it's in our life when we look back and we say, hey, look how God was working in my life. I love that picture. He adopted us. I could spend a whole month on adoption and what that means to be adopted into his family. He lavished his love on Like, just read these couple of verses. The first conversion is to Christ. And if you don't have that passion, that conversion in your life, then I don't want to go on to the next two conversions. It's like, that's the beginning. That's the foundation. That is what makes everything else in life worthwhile. Otherwise, it'll sound like I'm becoming legalistic. It, it'll sound like I'm putting things on you, saying you got to do certain things. No, you don't have to do anything. You, grace is God's goodness to us, to accept us, to, to give us what we don't deserve, His goodness. But it's also His power then to change us. His power to, by God's grace, I am what I am, Paul said. Not, that's not a reason to say, oh, well, I am what I am. No, by God's grace, he took me from a murderer to being a preacher of the gospel. That's the power of grace. He took me from someone who was lost to someone who's got a, a life in Christ. That's the power of grace. So the first conversion, are you converted? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you understood what it means to be adopted into his family? When my youngest son, when we adopted Matthew, I, 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 I've shared this so many million times, but forgive me. But when, those, when the court papers came to us, and just as though born of you, his name shall be changed to what the name we gave him, Rutten. The judge slams the thing down, and forever that child became my child, our child. Good, bad, happy, sad. He's mine. He belongs to me. He, he's, we are family. That's what Jesus did for us. We were those ones lost in the, in the orphanage. We were the ones who were outside of the kingdom. We were the ones who, who didn't know God from Adam. We didn't deserve it. We, we, actually, we were hating God and fighting the things of God. And he came along and he said, this one will be mine. This one will be mine. This one will be mine. And I'm, I don't want to get stuck here this morning, but I'm, I'm telling you, God is speaking to someone in this room to make you his. He's choosing you today. This one, this one, this one's different. This one's mine. I make this one my son. Man, I just have this picture of, the Abba house is where we adopted our son and walk, and there's many, many babies in it. Oh, goodness. You just, you could take the whole room home. And we said, no, this one. This one. And I believe that's what God is doing here this morning. The second conversion is to his church. And if you stay in Ephesians, and, and I, there's too many verses to, to go for here. I, I got them in my little scrappy Bible. I got them all in color-coded you know, whatever. But he, he goes off and he starts talking about the church. And the, it's supposed to be, you know, verse 22. And God's placed all things under his feet. Talking about Christ. And appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything. And I'll just jump over to verse 19 in chapter 2. Consequently are no longer foreigners and saints or aliens. But fellow citizens 
with God's people and members of, the, of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Hallelujah. And then he says he's going to show forth the manifold wisdom of God, the church. So all I want to say this morning is once we're converted to Christ, we have this new life. We are born again. We, we have the spirit of God in us. God has a plan for us to be joined and knitted together into a family. He brings us into his household, the household of God. And I don't, you know, the book of Ephesians uses a lot of imagery, whether it's an army or a family or whatever. But one of the best ones for me is, is this. He brings us into a body. And every part of that body functions. And every part of that body has a purpose. And he's the head. But every one of us fulfills that which God has called us to fulfill. And so I say it to my friends. You know, people say, well, I can worship God. I don't need to be in church. I can read the Bible. I can worship God. I can love God. I can be a Christian and not go to church. It's true. You can. But you can also be married and, and, and never go home. But then you have no marriage. You have no life. It'll, it'll fade away. You know what I mean? We come together as a body because Christ told us to. He's got a purpose for us to function in and to, to live out in that body. And when you're not there, and when someone's AWOL, the body suffers. There's a, there's a place for us. There's a place for every one of us. And, you know, I, I, again, I don't want to preach this one because I was hoping to get to the third one. But it's like we, we carry this thing together. Like, I, I, it bothers me so much when I see people take so lightly the church. And what that means, that the called out family of God to be together. And they're, they're so casual about it. And it's, you know, I don't want to beat anybody, but it's like you need to encourage your family, your kids, by the way you live your life of how important coming together is. How important to function together. We're better together. Hallelujah. We're better when we... When we are part of the body and knit in and functioning and doing our thing in Christ. And when we don't, nope, you don't have to. Like this is a, this is a, that's the thing about the church that sometimes frustrates the daylights out of me. Everybody's free. I wish we weren't so free. I wish I could fire some of you. <laughs> I wish I could control you. You can't, right? Amen. You, it's a, we're a group of people who are free and we must keep people free. And yet at the same time, we've got to come alongside and say, come on, let's do this. You heard it this morning in the prayer time. Encourage one another. Build courage into each other. Strengthen each other. Use our gifts. Bring what we have. Bring what we, the talents and the things that we have so we can come together and make a church. And it's painful when people back away. And I know COVID and all the garbage over the last year it's been a test for people, but I thank God it's also tested people the other way. That people have just said, no, man. No, this is what I am. I'm part of a body. I'm part of Christ's church. I, I got I to be there. I got to serve. I got to live my life. 
And we've had some sweet times of worship and sweet church services over this last year. And what I've said it many times is, it's because those who are there want to be there. And we just walk into church, and man, it's just like, you're with your friends, and you're with your family, and Christ is with us. And so I just, I just want to put in a plug this morning. Never back away from the church. It's God's plan. There is no other plan. And, you know, we could talk about the kingdom, we can talk about the church, but God has given the church the keys to the kingdom. God has made the church the entryway into the kingdom. We have that message. We are carriers of that, that authority, of that open door to the kingdom. And it's through His church. We invite people to come into the kingdom of God. And so, do you love your church? Good. That's the right answer. Whoever is over here. Yes. Good men. Curly. Yeah. I, I love that. Love your church. Is the church perfect? No. Is everyone in there perfect? No. But I'm telling you, it's God's plan to reveal the wisdom of God to the world. That scares me sometimes. His purposes to the world will be revealed through his church. He's, he's going to use his church to touch this world. I'm like, oh, God, it's amazing that there's, e that's my wife reminded me to stop. No. <laughs> Are you going to stand up and take your place in the church and be that whatever part of the body that he's asked you to be? And the third conversion is the conversion to the cause of Christ. Amen? And if I stay in Ephesians and look at, these last couple of chapters, he, he starts, and I'll start it by saying it the way Paul says it. He says, verse 4, As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. And so he starts on this next theme. So he's talked about our conversion, who we were being born. He's talked about being planted into the body of Christ, the church. And then he, he goes after the, the body now. He says, Unity is a, the heading of this chapter, but he says, live a life worthy. And if you jump around, he says, no one, no longer live as the Gentiles do. I'm not even giving you the verses, but it's verse 17. Chapter 5, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. He, he has like seven of these, live a life, walk, live. And I love each one of them. Live as children of the light. Be very careful then how you live. And he, he, he challenges them. And then he, he goes on and he speaks about marriage and he speaks about husbands and wives and he, he gives a lot of practical truth and teaching about what it means to be part of, of the church. But then what does this look like? How does that get lived out? So here's, here's what I'm trying to say. And you say, finally, he's going to say something. <laughs> I've been saying something all along. Just listen. <laughs> He says, in my words, is that when you start talking about the cause of Christ, you get saved, he puts you into a church, his family, and I'm not talking about some invisible, universal church out there. When the Bible talks about the church, he talks about the local church. He talks about a visible church. And when you walk out of a local church, you are sinning, and not, I'm not saying a particular church, but the local church. 
And people say, no, no, I, I've been burned, I've been hurt, and they step away. They're actually sinning. Find a church, find a body, find a place that you can in and push in and put yourself into and live your life. When you do that, you step into the cause of Christ. What is this cause? The preaching of the gospel, the bringing of the kingdom, the living out the gospel so that the world can know. All those things. As an evangelist, I can preach all that stuff. But what I felt like this morning is when he says, live a life worthy, be careful how you live, be imitators of God. All these lives or walks, some translations say walk light and use the word walk. I, I don't care what word you use. But when you step into the purposes of God, you have a life that's worth living. And coming here to Grand Prairie, and this is always a sweet time for me, to hang out with good friends and to go up to Kakwa Falls. Is that how you say it? Kakwa. Tutsaki Kakwa. The Kakwa Falls. How, how many people get to do that? You see, when you say yes to Jesus, and what I had in my heart is some of you younger guys here, you're making decisions for life, and not only the younger, but the older ones. Some of you have to make some plans and purposes in your life. But when you just say yes to Jesus, He has a life for you to live. He has an amazing life. And I know sometimes the devil, I, sometimes the world will tell you, you know, you're going to have to shrink yourself down. You're going to have to give up so much. Listen, following Jesus will cost you everything. It'll cost your life, your plans, your thoughts. But I'm telling you, he replaces it with something far better. I got saved when I was 15, and I shared some of this when I was here. I met my beautiful sweetheart shortly after that. We were friends for many years. It would have been illegal to get married back then. We were so young. But Lori and I were, when I moved up to Edmonton to go to Bible college, but we started dating. We were friends forever. We're in youth group together. And all I'm saying is that when you say yes to God, what did I know when I was living in Black Falls that when I said, yes, I, Jesus, I want to serve you. And I stood at the altar. And in our day, we sang the hymn, I surrender all, all to Jesus. And it was like the Spirit of God just, do you mean that? And I said, yes, in my spirit. And that was it. It was settled. And I, and I made a commitment to follow him. Listen, I, I could start listing the things here. What God has allowed us to do from Black Falls. And I was sitting with these guys and we're, I'm driving this amazing, sorry to say, the best of the side-by-sides yesterday. <laughs> the Lord always gives you the best. Hallelujah. No, but what, a, what an amazing. And seeing, like Christina said, the, the sights. And I'm like, how many losers in Edmonton get to be doing that? <laughs> and here I am doing it. I, you know, I was telling your pastor, it's like, only missionaries and millionaires can live the life that I'm living. <laughs> I can't afford to do any of it. And we're just like, whoo-hoo! <laughs> and I've been to the source of the Nile, the Blue Nile and the White Nile. I don't care if it's the mountains of the moon in Uganda or the Nile Ridge um, Gorge in, in Ethiopia. I've been to them both. I preached in all those places. I, I've been through the San Gedi. I've climbed the Kilimanjaro. I... What else? Like, I, you, you asked me, name a country. I've been there. I have played baseball with our friends in, in Holland. I have preached 
crazy places that you would never imagine. All because we said yes to Jesus. And he's got these amazing blessings for us along the way. And you say, well, are you just, you know, trying to say, you know, if you serve God, everything's going to be perfect and beautiful? Yes! <laughs> There's a challenge. There's a battle. I, I couldn't start listing those. But I'm talking to the 15 to 20-year-olds here today who are hearing the Spirit of God. When you say yes, he gives you a life, a good life. He gives you a marriage. He gives you, you got to work. I mean, I know I'm an idiot, and Lori has to work hard to love this man, and I have to work hard to love her. But it, it's some, I, I, I don't know how to say it, but like the fruit of it, the sweetness of it. The, now we sit here with our kids. We sit here with our grandkids. It's like, it's like a reward of life that we've said yes and he's opened up amazing doors and opened up things for us to do that people would give their right arm to do. If, you, if I could show you pictures, you would be so jealous. Even of just yesterday. I don't even have to start talking about Africa and Asia and places I've been. The Victoria Peak in Hong Kong. 11 at night. The lights shining. Like... Who am I? I'm, I'm from Black Falls. I preached in Hong Kong. There was a church of seven people that gave me an offering of $3,000. That's, you know, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> you guys are going to lose everything good I'm saying here this morning. I'm telling you, God is amazing. Yeah. And we've walked and, yeah, we've suffered and we've cried and we've, I could tell you the, the pains and the, the costs, but never... My good friend always used to say, we sorrow, but there's a sweetness to our sorrow. We sit with people who are, have lost children, or we suffer, we, we battle. There was times I could talk about the sickness in our own family, some of the challenges we had in our home. And, but there's a, there's a sweetness to the sorrow. There's a hope in God that no matter what is coming down the chute, I'm with Christ. And I cannot understand I'm sorry, I cannot understand people who question God and turn from God. I, I understand when you say, God, why, how? But not to the point where they just, they give up on God. It's like when we talk about these things, a conversion to Christ, a conversion to His church, and a conversion to His work and what He's, His cause and what He's asked us to get involved in, He's got so much more for us than what we would have planned, what we would have thought would be in our lives I you cannot plan this stuff but when you say yes to Jesus man he has a purpose he has a life he has victory he has joy he has righteousness he has peace he has everything available to us and so as Paul's writing through this this book of Ephesians that I'm in he, he says it so many times just live worthy that's not legalistic. Because he's just explained, you were lost. You were a sinner bound for hell. You were an orphan. You had nothing. We deserved nothing. And because of his amazing love and grace that he poured out on us, he, he predestined us to come and know him. He called us into his family. 
We are his chosen. He's, he's made a purpose and a plan for us. And he brings us into the amazing church family. And then he, he says, okay, now I'm going to give you a cause. I'm going to give you something to live for. And it doesn't mean you have to sell your business and move to Africa. You, you walk the walk God's called you to walk. But as you're doing it, your business, all of a sudden there's life in it. All of a sudden there's a purpose in it. And I thank God for the businessmen in our church in, in Edmonton. They've hired many of the folk in our church. They have put hundreds of thousands of dollars into our church. We wouldn't be a church without good, godly men and women of God who are committed to the kingdom of God. And there's a joy in it. I'm telling you, I say it without shame on my face. You can never outgive God. I have given, I've inherited a lot of money in my life, just so you know. I'm not a beggar. Hallelujah. And we have given it to the kingdom. And I, the reason I'm saying that is not so I lose my reward in heaven. It's that the, the, the most joyful money in our lives is the money that we've invested into the kingdom, into the churches. And most of the churches that we've given the most to, because we, we far out gave to churches in Africa than we did to our own church in Edmonton, but we gave, we will never see. We were part of it for a time. We were part of it for a season. But I'm telling you, what we invested into that is the greatest joy of my life. What I tried to invest into my businesses, and I don't know what I've shared about my businesses around. I'm not a businessman. I, trust me. Every time, <laughs> every time we tried to invest, it just disappeared. Oh, sorry, it's gone. And I'm not against investing, so just so you know, it's just, it's not my gift. But the funds that, you guys really went quiet in here. It's like, <laughs> this guy's coming after our money or what? I don't, I don't know. But I'm telling you, what I put into the kingdom and into churches. You know, could I just share a testimony about the church in Pretoria, the one that we came from? It was, it's a large church. It's grown tremendously over the years. Um, but we were there for a time, and... We gave, it was just, a, you know, it's just one of those tsunami events. When everything comes together, we inherited, I, Lori and I inherited from my mother and father when their, their farm was incorporated into the city. And it's just, it just all these things came together. And we gave. And that, at that time, they were trying to raise 7 million rands, which was a lot of money in anybody's terms. And so we took that offering. It was kind of like the final offering and we got 7.5 million rand or something. And we, the building, the land, everything was paid for cash. Sweet. I'm telling you, one time in heaven, that's going to be a, a bit of a crown there, that we were part of that. And we can lay that before Jesus. Like, thank you, Jesus, that we could be part of that. And now just this past in the middle of COVID, you know, just bear with me for a minute. But Lori and I were in South Africa last year. Man, that seems like a long time ago. But it was last year, right? February, March. February, March last year. We went there to visit our friends and to preach. And I'm in 3CI. That's the church. And I, we are preaching. And that's the last service they had. And it was all locked down. 
And you know the whole story since February, March that year. We were told, if you don't get back to Canada, you know, now you're not going to get back. And it was like, what the heck happened to the world? But this whole year, and whatever it is now, almost two years, they've been challenged in South Africa and locked down. And, you know, we've been living the free life compared to a lot of parts of the world. But in that time, they have raised 70 million rand, and they built this amazing new facility. Because at that time, what we had built then and bought the land was 16 acres or something, and they had this huge tent. When I say tent, it doesn't do it justice, but it sat about two and a half thousand. But it was this amazing white, like some of these new things. Anyhow, this, it was like this beautiful, but it had a lifespan. And so now they've built a 4,000 seat, amazing sanctuary, and they haven't had one service in it yet. But guess what? They paid cash. I love that. You know why? Because I'm a little bit selfish because we invested in that. We put hard cash, sacrifice. And I'm talking, not just, I'm saying me, but I'm talking about the church. Hallelujah. But we too, us too, we have a testimony of God's faithfulness. We had planned to, to mortgage our house at that time. And I think it was like 100,000 rand that we had committed to give to the, to the building. And the only way I could imagine it is we would, we would mortgage our house and re, or refinance it. And that would be part of our offering. And before we could do it, because we set it all up with the bank and all that, we inherited money. And we paid off our house, and we gave that, and we gave the tithe, and we gave more. That's why I'm saying, I feel like we have an investment in it. And now when I hear, they have gone from 17 million, or whatever that whole thing was back then, to 70 million, and it's paid for, during COVID, not able to have church services. Uh, I'm like, we are part of something good in this world. You know... Sorry, I'm getting on to this one, but it, it's the joy of living the Christian life. God's goodness. There was, can I just share one testimony that they, they shared with us? They, um, there was a lady showed up in the office. They needed some serious money through this whole project because it's serious money. Millions of dollars. Bring it into dollars. And one day a lady just showed up, just the most random Everybody's wearing masks. They don't even know who she is. She didn't tell them who she is. And she leaves a little bag on the desk and leaves. They don't know who it is till this day. And what it was full of was Kruger coins, gold coins. And I don't even want to tell you how much those were worth to bless that building. And they were just like, what would you do, brother? <laughs> One of you hiding Kruger coins anywhere? Because, you know, the history of that is in South Africa when things got really tough in the economy and so on. I got to quit. But they, they would invest money into things like gold or some of these precious things that would have more value than the rand because the rand was so wild. And so that, that's what happened. A lot of older people, by that I mean my age, through that season they invest in stuff like that. And anyway, I could tell you too many stories. Other ones brought, they just gave their little 
password to their, to their um, bitcoins. And guess what? Just when they were signing their bitcoins, it went to $60,000 to one bitcoin. You know that kind of stuff? Well, I don't know why I'm telling you all that, but I'm, I want to build courage into you that when you say yes to God, He gives you a life. You become part of some, a cause that is endless, that is eternal, that is amazing. And what I was trying to say when I went off on this whole rant, that the money I invested into that kingdom is the money that's given me the most joy in my life. The money I put into my little coffee shop business that went broke about the first day it started, there's not a lot of joy in that. And I've shared that here. But my son Kyle, at that time, we were motorbikers and doing the, our thing, and he's, he was so mad at me. He said, Dad, for that $60,000, I could have bought five of these motorbikes. <laughs> Everything for him was in, you know, equated in motorcycles. I had a sweet motorbike, by the way, just so you know. So where am I going with this? Be converted to Christ. Give your life to Jesus. Please. I, it's the greatest gift. It's the greatest thing you can do. It's, and I come back to, I believe God is speaking to you today. Be converted to his church. Don't just hang around the church. Get in. Love the church. Be the church. We are the church. Amen? You've got to love what Christ loves. You, you have to have your heart broken for what breaks His. Amen? His church. He's building His church. It, it's us. It's here. You live it. I'm, I'm telling you, this is an amazing church. You make it more amazing because you're in it. You bring your around. You bring your sweet spirit. You bring your gift. You bring your attitude. You bring your kids. Whatever it is. And then the, be converted to his cause. Young people, I'm telling you since I was 15, God has given me a life. And he wants to give us all a life. And yeah, there's, there's sweet sorrow as well. There is times when you pay a price. There is times when you're just like crying out to God. But I'm telling you, if I look back at my life and I'm not done, I can tell you God has given us a sweet purpose in life. And I'm, Lori and I are going back to Tanzania in September Long story, a couple that we know there, the wife passed away suddenly. She was only 32, had a stroke. They're living in Mwanza where we used to live. God spoke to us and we, make a long story short, we are going there for four to six months to help the church, Petras Church in Mwanza. And I've joked about it in our church in Edmonton, but I, I've acquired a set of skills over a lifetime. You know, that movie, Taken. But I, it feels like we are the people we speak Swahili. We, we know Mwanza. We know everyone that's involved. We know the leaders. It, and it was like God just said, it's you. And I'm, I'm like, okay. So in one weekend, talking to my brother, I said, you know, I, I really feel that we should be in Mwanza. And he is his son-in-law by chance, who's the director for Africa for the missions of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, which I'm no longer part of. But, and they said, that day... Julius had come to him and said, I believe, this is him talking to Jeremy, and this is the young man whose, whose wife has just passed away. He said, I, I, we need six months to go and mourn and get counsel and meet our families. And we need, and it was the same day my brother phoned him and said, Leonard and Laura feel like they sh should come. 
and replace them and, and give them. We didn't even know what. We thought we would exchange homes. I just said, why don't you come and live in our home? We'll go live in your home. Take our car. We'll use your car. Didn't work out that we, we get everything and they're not coming to our home. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is just say yes. Say yes to God. Get saved. Give him your heart. Say yes to his purpose, his plans, his cause, his church. And I'm telling you, there's a sweetness. I'm going to ask the band to come. I thought they might have already come to just shut me down. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.